This is Reese, and you're listening to the Point Music Podcast thingy. Hello, Reese from the Point Music Podcast thingy. Back. It's been a while. Um, waiting on. I had to wait on NBN connection for the new house. This is the new setup. So, yeah. Um, and for the podcast, the new podcast for me coming back had special guests Tim and Sam from Sing Time. Um, killing it with a new EP. So we basically talk about all about that pretty much because it's a ripper of an EP. So buckle in, enjoy the chats, ladies and gentlemen, and people of all sorts, Tim and Sam from same time. Well, are we allowed to swear just quickly? <laughs> You're rolling right now and you could swear all you want. <laughs> <laughs> Tim and Sam, same time. How are we? Good, how are you? Good. Yeah, you can swear. Just don't try to drop the C-bombs. Really. Yeah, I'll get the C-bombs. We did a podcast um, yesterday and I swore accidentally, but I, I forgot to ask beforehand, but I got scared, but that's good. We've, no, we've no, no, no. Swearing's fine. It's, usually it'll be me swearing more than anything else, but yeah, that's all good. <laughs> all right, um, hey, congrats on the EP. Maybe so we can get high. It's it's a banger, man. Guys, Thank you. It's very cool. Yeah. Appreciate it. So, um, well, let's get into the story about this because there's the stuff I want to talk about prior to the whole EP thing and that because you guys have had a hell of a journey, and I've been, I mean, I've been around for a long time, so I've been watching. Um, yeah. But yeah, let's talk about the EP first. So, it's not when I first because when I first heard of you guys, and obviously you've been busking in that and spending your time. And it was just, it's just been the two of you doing that. And when I saw you open at night quarter, um, you opened, you opened the actual night. I was there for that industry event and awesome. I was just like, this is not what I was expecting at, <laughs> at all from you guys. And not, not in a bad way. It was like, holy shit, they grew up. All right, cool. Um, yeah. and just totally, total evolution of your sound because I was, I always thought you were a bit more rootsy and all that kind of stuff behind yeah. you. And then next thing you know, bang, you got this fully polished sound, like coming out in overalls and you had this whole pop thing going on. Whoa. <laughs> so um, when I got word of this this whole EP, thanks to your yeah, publicist and that, and I had a sneaky <laughs> listen to it. Yeah. Very cool. So have you, have you guys always been into this whole pop thing or has it just been basically home, you've been honing it or what's what's the deal? Well, I mean, for like you said earlier, I mean, we started off as buskers. It was very rootsy sounding, you know, a lot of folk songs if that we were writing, let alone, you know, covering and and whatnot. Um, and we were doing that for, for such a long time until we decided that we kind of wanted to stop busking and, and doing the cover shows um, at the bars and pubs and stuff and start working on our own sound and our own original music mm. and um what was i gonna say <laughs> this happens yeah. a lot it yeah no is um so yeah once we stopped doing those and we started working towards our own music it was kind of like we didn't really we were young we still are but you know a lot younger then and we, we couldn't make our minds up on, on mm. what genre we wanted to to stick in um so we were kind of bouncing all over the place we went to a um, a quite a, a rock sound um, and then to a quite an indie pop 
you know, band sound a bit ballpark musicy. Yep. Um, and then you know we had a couple of songs here and there that we released and ended up taking back because we were so indecisive on on what we were as a band. Mm. Um, and I would say it was probably only February last year, right before COVID hit, uh, that we found the sound that we we wanted. And it was actually the day we wrote uh, "Get to Know Ya," which was a the first single of that EP that we, yep. we released. Yeah. Um, and it was the first time we probably agreed on something as, as brothers, you know, we clash all the time over such silly things, but being in a band working together, you know, it, it, it was, there was a lot of, you know, Sam's very into, into a polished pop sound where I was kind of, into, you know, Oasis and Arctic Monkeys and, you know, Brit rock sound. And, well, there's um, always, there's always a merger of those two sounds when you're know, going all the way back through the nineties and listening to that sort of stuff. Yeah. It's easily, yeah, it's so, easily to mend, blend the two together. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, and then we found, we, we, it was, I think, in 2016 when we're still sort of developing our, our sound, uh, we came across uh, the 1975. Yeah. And, and that kind of changed everything because before then I was, I was very stubborn and against using things like... Um, you know, VSTs and, and synthesizers and mm. electronic drums. I wanted everything to be real. I was like, it needs to be real. It needs to be art. This That's not music. This is music and, and whatnot. And then as soon as I heard the 1975, I was like, well, that that's a bit of both. Yep. And it was the first time that I felt a band really connected with me, but it was also the same thing happened to Sam and we both fell in love with this band. And that was kind of the, the the changing point for us in terms of, um, you know, our, our sound. Mm. And then from there, just we, you know, um, they inspired us to to get in and start learning how to produce our own music and and make our own demos, and so we could fully execute the ideas that were in our heads and whatnot. And and then yeah, as it, as it just went on. We just kept working and working on this pop sound, and then we met Fletcher Matthews uh, in Sydney, and Get to Know You came out of that, and we were like, "Bang, that's it." Yeah, I was um, funny that you mentioned the 1975 because yeah, it, it was in your in your press release and that, but that was definitely one of the things that came to mind when I was listening to to the EP as well. Um, apart from when they released that full punky stuff. <laughs> But like, I, yeah, I remember listening to that for the first time, going, "What the fuck is this?" Well, and then, yeah. um, it's grown. And then, it, and then it grow. Like the more I listen to it, it just grew on me. And now, like, it's in my playlist. I can I sit there and listen to it, and I'll yeah. That's but that's the thing with the 1975 is like they've released some questionable stuff for me that I'm like I don't know whether I like this or not. <laughs> and then the more I listen to it, the more it grows on me, and then. They usually become like one of my favorite songs. So. so that's that's the art of really good songwriting, though, too. Particularly if you're a fan of, yeah. of of the band, and then all of a sudden they pull out something that's just like completely left to center and just going, "Oh, why did they do that?" I was looking forward to yeah. them writing, bringing out this song, and then you you might just discard it, and then you'll go back to it a little bit later. And just go, hang on a second. This is actually pretty fucking cool. Yeah, like one of my favorite bands is Incubus. Okay. Um, and I've been following them since like Fungus Among Us, Enjoy Incubus Day. So, like, because I mean, I'm 42, so I, I, I was a teenager in, in the 90s. 
and Incubus yeah. is, is still being one of my favorite, and I still rank them as probably one of my favorite bands of all time. But they released this album in 2009, and I just went, they've gone Coldplay. Just, just, I, I just couldn't, couldn't fathom it, and I, and I couldn't gel with the actual sound. And I, I listened to the album once, and never went back to it. Then I saw them live yeah. a few times, and they started sneaking in some of these songs in the set. That I was just going, oh, I don't remember this song. What, what fucking song is this? It's actually pretty cool. And then I went, oh, it's off that album. And it's only been just recently that I've went, you know what? I'm going to give this album another listen, another try. There's one song in there I can't stand. The rest of it, I just went, actually, this is this is a pretty fucking cool album. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's our responsibility as artists to grow. If you get stuck in the whole same sound thing i mean there's only a couple bands in the world that can actually do that still and that's rolling stones and acdc really otherwise yeah you're just gonna get you're gonna lose your audience because they're gonna get bored and it's gonna oh and they'll just release the same shit over and over again so yeah yeah, it's it's it takes a little bit to appreciate new shit that's what i'm trying to say Mm. yeah Yeah, exactly sometimes you just need a sip or something i know i know there's been a couple of songs that we've written where we've gone, oh yeah, no, that's that's that ain't it. Yeah. And then days later, you know, putting it, just listening to it in the car, and going, oh wait. Well, this, that's literally what happened with one of the songs on the EP. We wrote something to feel, which is I don't know what track it is, like the third, third track on the that's EP. That's that's a cool fucking song though. That's actually one of my favorite ones on the on the EP. Cheers. Yeah. Well, we wrote that, um, and then it was kind of like a slow. It was like. Like, we had to speed it up later on, but we didn't listen to the song. We put it on a shelf and just didn't listen to it. Um, kind of just after that day, we wrote, when we wrote the song, we we're like, yeah, it's a really cool song, but yeah. it didn't really fit with anything, and no one really had a good reaction to it like they had with all the other songs. Like, oh, it mustn't be as good. And then when when we had the thought of doing an EP we went back through our SoundCloud and like we'd listen to some songs. And then one day we were like, Oh, what about that something to feel song? So we hopped back on, well, we did the whole EP over zoom um, with Fletcher Matthews. I was going to ask this, but yeah. Yeah. Um, And we hopped back on a zoom, um, zoom call and we're like, all right, let's try to fix up this song. Let's see if we can make this fit with all the other songs. And literally all we had to do was we sped the song up um, made the bass hit a bit harder, I'm pretty sure, added a few different things. Um, but that's how the song got onto the EP. Like, all, all we literally had to do was speed it up and then everyone's like, oh, we love this song. This song's sick. Like, oh, okay. Was it that's a case cool. of, like, ear fatigue for you guys, though? Because I know that, because I, I produce my own stuff too. So, like, um, there's a, I, I play in three bands. I play in a band called Mules, which is my baby, and I produce all that stuff. Yeah. And yeah. I know that... From what you were saying, yeah, there's one that you didn't think was going to be one of your favorite songs, and all of a sudden you just gone, "Hang on yeah. a second, this song's this song's pretty fucking cool." But is it yeah. a case of like ear fatigue because you've been listening to it so much, you just going, mm, "Nah, just it's just yeah, your, your, your mindset and your ears have just gotten so tired, and you just kind of just gone, "Ah, oh, yeah, kind of over this song now." Yeah, I mean, I think I think that happens to to every artist. Uh, I'd be surprised if it didn't. Yeah, happen to. I mean, I. I listen to our band more than I listen to any other band, which is, I don't, it's, we had to do a Q and A the other day and they asked us what our guilty pleasure in music was. And I put same time. But <laughs> I, 
<laughs> it can get annoying because every time we have a car ride, we just end up fucking listening to ourselves. And I'm like, I want to listen to some other songs. But I think, I think, <laughs> I think a lot of the time, like when you're, especially when you're sitting on a Zoom call, you're not in the room, yeah, feeling it, um, and and making that connection with it. It's a bit hard sometimes to to you know love love the song unless it's like it's bopping mm. but uh you know yeah it's just the case that the song just dragged and it went we weren't really like feeling it in terms of like thinking that it could be something that we would be able to use and so when that it kind of had a barrier started kind of going up in front of it and then once it was sped up it kind of broke through that barrier pretty quickly and it's honestly probably the best song in our live show as well now i think right. it also came we we were um, rehearsing one day and we just got the stems back for it because we're like, oh, this, we want to see how this song sounds live. Yep. We got the stems and we started playing it, like just rehearsing it. And we all just looked at each other and went, this is shit. Like, this is just not hitting like it was meant to, like, um, like the recording was. And, and then I think that was one of, at that point, it was like when we really put it on the shelf, we like, tried to perform it live and it just wasn't working. So um, then when we came back to it and we sped it up, now, yeah, as Tim said, like in rehearsals and li- like live, it's one of our favourite songs to play. Every time like we come off stage and someone comes up to us, like, oh, that's something to feel song, sick. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm like, okay, that's good to know. So, yeah, yeah it's just, it's a, I think it's just a, a matter of, of, of not, not letting your your initial opinion of 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 the song you know i mean i guess it kind of helped us in the end mm. going now nah, we don't like this one putting it on the shelf but um you know sometimes it's just it's just good to sit with it for a bit and just just see what happens so we had learning how to produce and that sort of stuff was that a fairly new thing for you guys to do that was it did you basically it's like that got to teach myself how to do this shit um well when we were, I'd say I started using GarageBand. Yep. Um, when I was probably like fourteen. And it just merged um, into Logic and that sort of stuff. Where? Yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, back then I, I didn't even know like how to use the click track. I didn't know mm-hmm. like how to you know program any drums in or anything like that. I was literally just like recording into my laptop's microphone, <laughs> and then there it just continued to you know just by watching youtube videos yep. and um he eventually learned how to quantize drums because all the original recordings oh. of like when we first started <laughs> so bad i yeah, hate i of- hate quantizing <laughs> man i hate quantizing drums it's just like oh it's just the worst thing is i hate it, it depends it depends on that i mean it's like i feel like live drums you kind of want them to be a little bit ahead or a little bit behind and yeah and what Whereas, you know, the drums we use are quite electronic sometimes. Yeah. And they kind of need to be hitting right on the spot, but maybe with exception with the hi-hats or anything like that. But, you know, I, I, I did go to uni and study um, a Bachelor of Popular Music, which yep. kind of had a whole bunch of different things in it, which was like sound engineering, production, songwriting. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of this, I, I did come home and, you know, look up on YouTube how to do some things that I learned at uni the previous week and you know on at uni it was all pro tools and i'm a logic man so Same. i would just come home and do everything on on logic and then go back to you and be like yeah i did it on pro tools 
I graduated. So good. <laughs> I, I did this, the exact same course, but I dropped out after a semester. Um, but yeah, I've I've slowly learned my way around Logic as well, and we have a little studio at home, so it's always good. We can just come out here and come. We're like we produce most of the demos that we do, um, and we get to like we can just send them off, and because it, it's just easier to try execute the ideas that we have in our head if we can manage to do a little shit version of it. Yeah, I mean um, to be fair, so, at uni, I mean I I did my degree, I finished my degree in two thousand and five, and it was a, yeah. it was a PR degree. And most yeah. of the shit that I learnt in during PR degree now is not relevant now. So basically, as soon as you get out that door with that piece of paper, you're basically relearning shit again anyway. And so yeah, no, that's, that's just what the industry is. It's exactly, constantly, it's constantly constant. shifting and changing, and there's just nothing wrong with like learning shit from like other people or YouTube instead of like being told by a lecturer i'm sorry for people that are going to uni right now but basically this is <laughs> what happens i mean most of the stuff i because i did graphic design as well but most of the shit i learned in uni i don't use now i use stuff that yeah. i taught myself how to how to do it yeah we always say that we like we learned more or learn more stuff from like if we're in sydney with a producer and we're in a session like one of us will be sitting like in a chair directly next to the producer, just sitting there watching and learning. Yeah. Um, they know what they're doing and we trust them with the, with the work that we're doing. So like, it's always good to learn off them. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's always good fun. I should say a disclaimer here. This is to do with the creative arts and that sort of stuff, not being a doctor or anything. Cause I don't, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Stay in uni, <laughs> I don't, I don't think that's applicable <laughs> to that kind of stuff, but yeah. Like, yeah don't watch YouTube tutorials on how to be Tonsillectomy. Yeah. Let's do <laughs> Yeah. That's messed up. Um, so how, how did you hook up with Fletcher? This is because, because uh, did you actually fly down to Sydney and, and like during before everything went to shit and then yeah, yeah we we got really lucky so we went down to Sydney to we what was meant to be a week of recording what was meant to be the next like the first single um, and we'd spent like f- five or six days recording that song finishing it um, we had a few sh- sessions in between um, and then on the last day we got put into a session with Fletcher mm. and because we had just finished recording the next single, we just went into this um, session open-minded. We're like, let's experiment. Let's try something we haven't before. And let's like, yeah, let's, let's do something new. And then that's how we, we just came up with get to know you in a few hours. And what we walked out of that session and went, that's probably going to be the next single. It was like, something just clicked and it was crazy. And we knew straight away that that was going to, we were going to scrap the other song and just go with get to know you. Um, which, cause the other song was like a dream poppy kind of acoustic. Cool. It was like, a, it's a really cool song, but get to know you just for us hit different. And that was like the start of the, the EP, I guess. Yeah. And the whole sound it was good. And that's, that's how we met Fletcher. Then after that, that was it. we've only met him once, and we did a whole EP together, and it was <laughs> everything over. Zoom. So, so you basically were bouncing stems down. You would do some stems at home, and then you basically sent it through to Fletcher. He'd do, do the basically yeah. touch-ups yeah. and mixing on it, right? That we, yeah, yeah. We, had, we we figured out a pretty like streamlined process by mm. probably by the the second 
the second song that we, we did with them, which I think was Something to Feel. We did two days. It was Something to Feel and then we did Till two, two You're Not Okay. And Till You're Not Okay, we're like, oh, that's the next single. But, you know, we, we it was like record and then we had a shared Dropbox folder that was just on the desktop and yep. we'd just flick it in there. He'd have it and then it was in. It was, and, um, you know, it's. I guess that's just how music's made now. We've done a bunch of Zoom sessions with people since then now and just use google doc to write lyrics over the computer and then yeah it all it all happens really quickly the only thing that stuffs it up is if you've got a bad wi-fi connection (laughs) well that's yeah yeah Yeah. we've had a few of those days where it's just lag that's the hard thing with doing it over zoom is like we don't get to listen to the full song clearly all the way through uh, until they send it to us, um, like later, yeah, because it it slows down, it speeds up, it yeah. lags, it does all. That. So we're just, and it sounds a little bit different over over Zoom. Oh, so cool. like we we just hope that um, when we get it back, that it that it actually hits that way that we're assuming it will. See, I never really um, thought of that, the whole like collaboration thing, working with a producer, obviously in these weird times. Yeah, I'd never really thought like trying to. Yeah, that just boggles the mind. You're trying you, what you're hearing, and then you're gonna basically have to put trust into what they're hearing is what you're hearing at the same time, and then you let them do their thing, and then come back. And what happens if it's not in the same mindset as what you're doing? Do you freak out a little bit? Um, I think you know it's it just depends because like it, we after you know after the second session with Fletcher that you know the the process was 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 made and and trust there was a lot of trust um between us mm. um mainly because of of what we did with Gitsanoya um we we're like this this guy really understands what we're what we're looking for even though that, that session that first session with him we weren't looking for anything it was it was kind of like instinctually we're all on the same page and so um you know there, there's there, there's some sometimes where we'll get it sent back through and like we go oh you know this part here is not really that good or mm. isn't really working and whatnot and just send an email off and then changes it just kind of just goes into like revisions at that point because you know we're not in the room with him so it just it's just kind of a back and forth until everyone's happy with the song. And then I think the, we did like three zoom sessions for the bridge of something to feel like trying to figure out a new bridge for it. Cause the first bridge wasn't as good. And then I think like a few zoom, over a few different zoom sessions, sorry, um, we finally came up with like a bridge that we loved and that we wanted to go with, um, which is like the good thing is like you can just jump on. We can just quickly jump on a Zoom call because he lives in Sydney, so yeah. um, it's a bit hard for us to go. All right, let's let's fly down and try to fix this bridge. Like no, <laughs> we just jump jump on this. So yeah, that's that's what makes it easy, but it can be it can be a little bit difficult sometimes. Would you do it again? The same process? Yeah, I think we're gonna. I think yeah, I think so because until we can get down to to Sydney and um, or Melbourne and do in-person sessions. Like I, I definitely think it's a new way of producing and like we, you can be anywhere when trying to write a song. We know we can be yeah. anywhere when trying to write a song now because yeah. all we need is a good Wi-Fi connection. So, um, yeah, I think we will be doing it like a lot more. I mean, 
we have already already working on the next project mm. so it's and and some of that has been done on zoom so you know it's just it works it, it, it worked for the ep and 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 it seems to be working at the moment so far um obviously we'd love to it's so much better being in the room and bouncing ideas around with everybody and yeah, but at the same time, though, you, you're not paying per day for studio time, or are you? No, no, no. no. See, that's that's the difference because that's when people like you guys have been in the industry enough for a long for a long time now, and, and from a young age. When you, when you see people going to they're fairly fresh and they go into the studio, they freak out. One probably because they haven't done any pre production, so they just go in there and it, that pisses the engineers off to no degree. I've, I've seen it um and then the all the changes they decide to make changes while they're like recording and it, none of this shit is it's, it takes up valuable one it takes up valuable time too it's wasting money so yeah, yeah. the 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 whole like this process you guys are doing is actually one very economical mm. um and and therefore you're not paying for the studio time you do miss that studio experience i guess but yeah, I mean, once you've been in a studio, you've been in every studio. There are some studios that are really fucking cool. I mean, yeah, I mean, Beth was play, um, recording Yamanui, and Yamanui's. A, I fucking love that studio. It's a great one, and so is Paperbuck up yeah. here, and that, and yeah, they are great. But yeah, at the same time, nothing beats like if you've got the whole thing set up here in your own home studio, you can be up until one o'clock in the morning because you just all of a sudden you've got this fucking creative idea and you're just going, oh, fuck, that would be epic in that part. I'm just going to grab this instrument here or this fucking plug in or this synth and yeah. chuck it in, send it off to the producer that you're working with and they can do it at their own leisure and you hear back. I fucking love that. Yeah, that's, we just like, um, like there's been a few times where we just get the instrumental sent to us and we'll just sit here at, um, in our studio and just like record a shit ton of vocals and then put them in the in the shed drop box and he wakes up the next morning um and just works on it because it's all there so yeah it, it does make it it can be really easy or it can be really hard i do have to yeah. say though like recording drums in a real proper studio is there's nothing quite like it so no yeah. that, that's no, you, need, you need you need the right environment to hell yeah drums live drums but you know a lot of the biggest songs in the world now have made at home yeah yeah it's just how it's just how it is and, and i mean that's that's mainly talking with pop music yeah not necessarily uh, you know. a lot of metal stuff too true yeah like i know because I, I well i listen to all sorts of genres apart from sort of like country and trap i don't do trap but um but even some country, country even some countries you, you you can definitely tell that some of it's been recorded in a big studio and some of it's not it's, yeah it's fucking cool though. It's, it's just, a, it's just nice. a new way. I think it's just what everyone's got to um, realize now is that if, especially in Australia where we can't travel to different states at the moment, like if you're yep. an up and coming musician and you want to be recording and collaborating with others, you got to learn to do it over Zoom or mm. over whatever. Um, and that's like unless you're going to do it yourself and you don't want to collaborate with others, it's the only only way possible. So that's what we've kind of kind of just realized is that we want to keep collaborating with others so we've had to get used to it and just accept it that this is the way new way of doing it for now yeah it's a cool it's a good tool to have in our belt you know even once thing things go back to somewhat normal you know if we need to work with somebody overseas yeah we know how to 
it's, um, you know, it's, I think it's a good good tool for every every you know songwriter producer to have in their in their back pocket for mm. sure. So one very cool thing for you guys, I mean, you've got a whole heap of shows coming up. You already did one at King's Beach Tavern, but um, you mean you're back playing at Solbar? Is it next month? Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. But you finally get to play Clowny Music Festival as like a full band instead of as the duo. Yeah. yeah. That's it. And I, it's we've all we've always loved you know Clowny Music Festival. It was the first festival that you know we went to hmm. as as. You know, didn't you win like bus, yeah. busking comps out the front, and that's how you, you got in? Yeah, first festival we ever played, really. Um, we yeah, we used to do the enter in the busking comps, yeah. and we won it a few times, which got us the opportunity to play on one of the stages. Um, so yeah, it was the first festival. Well, Tim originally started by himself, won the busking comp with the money bought me a cajon. We started busking together. Wicked. <laughs> We won it together, and then, yeah, that was it's poetic. It is. <laughs> <laughs> what day are you guys playing? Uh, on the Friday, uh, right. seventh. Do you know what stage? Uh, do you know what stage you got? Um, the song. The song. I stage. think. Really? It's it's well one. It's the... so. From what we've been told, is that they're having two stages in the main amphitheater. Right. And so they'll be the big main one. Yeah, I think they've done it before. That's the but um, big main one, and then a smaller stage. one on the side. No, hang on, song. I think it's the soul stage. Soul stage, one. yeah. And then and then there's a stage, a smaller stage next to it. And so we're on that smaller stage right before San Cisco comes on. Oh damn, that's so cool. We're, we're like, yeah, that's that's uh, we'll take that. Yes, yeah. please. <laughs> <laughs> They can get a big crowd, so hopefully we can entertain the people sitting there waiting to watch Census. That's actually a win because I remember when, because um, Barefoot's playing again this year, but I think we're playing the we're playing the Saturday, so we're playing on this. I think we're on stage. I don't know. I haven't been told shit. I just turn up and play. Um, yeah, that's that's what we do. Yeah, but Sun Stage is always a fun one, but. Um, I remember the first year we played, we played on the Soul Bar stage, which I don't know if it exists anymore, but that was right next to the surf stage, and we played just before the Jungle Giants played. Oh, wow. And there was a massive crowd. It was insane. We're just like, cool. Like, this is a bit of a score, you know? And people have been forced to listen to reggae while they wait. <laughs> cool it's a hijack of people's audiences it's brilliant dude, man so that that works in your favor big time i mean you guys got a good yeah. following up here anyway but it it definitely works in your favor yeah it's gonna be, be fun it'll be good for people because you know being on the sunshine coast and been been playing on the sunshine coast just as long as we have a lot of people still think that we're buskers uh we're, good point yeah and where the, the kids from the markets, yeah. you know, twelve and nine years old, and and so you know, um, it'd be a good chance, I think, for everybody here in on the sunny coast to see what we are now. Because you're a five piece band now, is that right? Or was it four? Yeah, we've got we got three of our mates that that so, play with us. Yeah, uh, you know, we don't want to do. We love. We still love having you know lead guitar and. And big synth bass and and live drums in our in in our shows. So um, you know we've got a, a group of, of very talented young men 
playing playing behind us and helping us create what is going to be a very very fun live show. Well, so. like I said, when I saw you guys play at Nightquarter, it was a perfectly polished pop machine. It was, I was yeah. like I said, I was like, holy shit, this is not what I was expecting. <laughs> so yeah, it was yeah. yeah, impressive. Same, I think a lot of people are like feel the same when they see us after probably not seeing us for a few years. Um, but that's also what we love. We love taking people by surprise and being like, getting them to go, oh, fuck, they've grown up a little bit. <laughs> How dare you? You're not supposed to grow <laughs> up. Yeah. Um, Especially so you, yeah, Sam. Yeah. Like, you've like grown like two foot over probably the last oh, time dude. someone's... <laughs> so tall. Every time we play I can't jump as high as I want to because I'll hit my head on the ceiling. <laughs> and it's the same with a lot of stages, actually. Yep. There's been plenty of time clocked his head on a lighting rig or something. <laughs> yeah, you're lucky you never pl- never played like the crowbar downstairs in Brisbane, man. That stage was low. Yeah, I've, I've been scared of chucking a fist through the roof at some stage. Like sometimes <laughs> I get to it and I'm like, oh, I don't want to put a hole in the roof. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it'll happen one day accidentally. I don't mean to do it, but um, so- yeah, I've... Tim, you were saying that you were sort of adverse to VSTs and synths and that sort of stuff, but obviously you've changed your opinion on that now. Have you have you got a bit of a go-to? Oh, I can't really show you. I've got a Juno sitting oh. next to me here. All right. That's, that, that's my most recent, uh, you know, I actually got it as, as a gift, but, I, um, you know, I've been, it was when we were down in Sydney, maybe three years ago and I played one and I was like, this is like the best thing ever. And then for years I've been wanting one, but you know, they're so hard to come by. Does yours glitch out? Does yours glitch out? Was it all right? See, I got, I, this is what I was getting to is, is is like, I was looking for so long, but every single one that I could find in Australia was either, you know, this part's not working (laughs) or you might need to get the chip fixed and whatnot. Yep. And then I found that's, that's almost it's pretty much brand new. Pretty That's much. a score, like man. It was um, it's it's called the Kiwi One Hundred Six. It's it's essentially had it's got all fresh chips in it, um, and it works perfectly fine. It's still wow. a Juno, but it's just yeah, been, it's kind of upgraded a bit, and so I was very happy as soon as I saw it. I snapped it up. Oh, I, bad, I was not, did not hesitate. I was like, "That's it." But um, other than that, you know, with um, we, we've bought that many VSTs in the last, you know, year just mm. of new sounds because it's like it's the same as getting like a new guitar. As soon as you get a new guitar, you write ten songs in that guitar, and, and then you want to get know, another new guitar. That's it, and then, so you know, VSTs is are great because you know you you get one and you're like, oh, that's awesome, but then you have like 150 patches, yeah, that you can like, and then it's all these different types of sounds, and then you're like, oh, this is cool write a song with that patch and then you know and sometimes they're only like fifty dollars and yeah like, this is awesome unless you, you torrent it which i i may have done a couple of times but not judging not judging at all they, they always end up not working and then we go fuck we really missed that one let's just buy it <laughs> see one of my favorite discoveries was spitfire labs yeah, yeah, just because of the free stuff on there, and I, I use a lot of the um the, the choruses on there and um, the sound effects sort of patches that you get. Like I've used the the train, the train, the London um 
train station one. And they actually use it as a rhythm section. Yeah. I loved it. That's sick. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun though. Yeah, it's it. It's it's that's why I mean we we've fallen in, in love with producing, and I've even started producing for other bands now. And, I had heard uh, that. Yeah, so that was um, that was pretty fun. Um, but you know, it's just being able to create sounds and manipulate audio and do all that is just so fun. And I mean, we've even started remixing our own songs, but other other people's songs just for the fun of it. It's just fun to, to make a big side chain doof doof song. You're going to release you know, that sort of shit, put it out in SoundCloud, man. Yeah. Well, we, 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 today we were working on, we remixed, um, a song of the EP called nothing I can change. That's the, made like a, is that the first song? Track one. Uh, yeah. 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 So we always joked about like, cause the heaps of bands are doing it these days where they're, um, doing like DJ sets. Yeah. Their songs and like have remixes of them. And they come out and be like a DJ set of it. And we always joked about like doing a DJ set of like our songs. Uh, we don't have a DJ desk or anything like that, but we thought it, we both just like one day went, oh, that'd be kind of like fun to just try it out and see if we could remix our songs. Um, and so, yeah, we did the first one and it sounds pretty cool and pretty fucking epic. So <laughs> we'll see what we can with all the other ones but um yeah just, just, just make fun. an intro song to when you come on the stage just sneak that in there somehow also yeah. we've also done something that we're, we're thinking we'll probably put out on spotify but we did essentially a bond version of something to feel Ooh. where it's like right down i know we've just spent like half the podcast talking about how slow the song was <laughs> and how we didn't like it <laughs> but, but we, we we slowed it down and had really like nice piano and strings in it and yep. it sounds like it should be in a bond film so hopefully one day it might but you know um we, we're thinking maybe it'd, be, it'd just be cool to show people that that you know we still make we still can make this type of music we still enjoy making that like power ballads and yeah. things like that um and, and just, just alternate versions of our songs like it's yeah. cool showing people why not a version of I mean, the the there's another band I mean called Swimsuit Issue, and it's it's indie, and but we do a lot of shoegaze sort of stuff. But Danny, the main songwriter, he'll do like three or four different versions of the goddamn song. Yeah, and that's cool because we we get to pick and choose which one works in a live set and which one we think will work as a release. And then if we want to make the other ones, we we record it, and if we want to, we can release it as like an alternative version and just make it a B song, yeah. fucking whatever. Oh, yeah, it's really cool to like reimagine our songs Definitely. and that we're very new to so um and we've even talked about potentially chucking like snippets of them into the live set um but yeah we're, we're just gonna figure it all out and, which should be cool make a medley out of the shit that'd be cool that's yeah. it probably I, I mean i know the the same time shows we've got coming up um at the venues mm. We're, we're keeping it pretty, like, pretty tame. But for CMF, we're planning on kind of just letting shit go crazy. Why not? That's the opportunity to, to, to fucking take. And, yeah, we just want to be as big and bombastic as possible and just make people go, what is going on? This is nuts. So so you got to come see that show. That would be a, big, a lot of fun. Awesome. 
Well, lads, we've nearly we just hit the thirty-nine minute mark, and I usually keep these things to forty minutes, so it might not have felt like forty minutes of waffling on, but we got there. So we'll we'll uh, we'll wrap this up. Um, the EP came out came out like two weeks ago, didn't it? Was it two weeks? Uh, or last week? Last week. Last yeah. week. Yeah. This is my, I've only just come back from holidays, so it's just for me. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. So maybe we can get highs is, is out now. I'll chuck the link in the description and and um, also what. On. So if you're listening to this on Spotify, it'll be in the description. If you're watching this on YouTube, then it'll be in the description below. Um, catch these guys. It, Solbar is the in mid October. No, hang on, I've got the dates here. Hang on. Yeah, I think it's the seventeenth. If I'm no, no, it is the fifteenth. Yep, Tim was right. So you've got October first at Calandra Music Festival. October fourteenth at the Zoo. Fuck, I love the Zoo. Even though it's old and they've refurbished it, so I played that stage about a month ago. And yeah, it's I love that yeah, venue. Uh, Solbar. On the fifteenth, Moe's on the seventeenth, and then um, Valley Fiesta. Oh shit, that's gonna be fun. Yeah, some very, very that expensive. gets loose at that thing. Now, have you done a val- Have you been to Valley Fiesta before? No, we haven't. So man, those things know. have been going for years, and yeah, shit gets loose. Um, yeah, cool. Have fun, guys. Thank you so much. Yeah, we will. Thank you for having us. You're welcome. Hang on the line. There, I'll give you a bit of a debrief. But everyone else, uh, ciao. Thanks for listening. I really appreciated that chat. Uh, big ups to Tim and Sam uh, from same time for uh, basically being my first podcast back after a little break. Uh, if you dug this one and haven't heard any previous podcasts, uh, dig through previous episodes. Have a listen. You might enjoy it. Maybe. You should. Some pretty cool guests on there. Thank you for supporting local music, live music, Australian music, all sorts of music. You guys are legends. Um, Stay tuned because there's more coming.